I haven't started yet. Uh, where's Pastor Philip? Did he stay? I need to confess, I, I used your restroom in your office. And later this week, I want to talk about that box of women's makeup I saw in there. Um, this is a great building, a great building. God has truly, truly blessed you. And so many of you I've never seen before. I don't know your names. You don't know me. But five years ago, when God gave us a vision, you were part of that vision. So God has had his eyes on you and us to bring us together. And we're so glad you're here today. Amen. Big Daddy Weave, nine years ago, released a song that would be number one, the number one Christian song for seven weeks, and remained on the chart for a record 54 weeks. You know that song? You probably know that song is entitled Redeemed. There's a line in that song which says, all my life I have been called unworthy. Anybody ever had the devil whisper that into your ear as well? All my life, I've been called unworthy. But the song goes on to say, but when I hear you whisper, old child, lift up your head. I remember, God, you're not done with me yet. I have been redeemed. Aren't you glad you've been redeemed? That's good news today. And Lord knows we need good news in this crazy world, don't we? Anybody else ever want to go rogue and just slap Dr. Fauci real hard? or the CDC, or the World Health Organization. Oh my goodness, all across America, Catholic schools and other private schools are wide open. They're having no COVID outbreaks, but the National Teachers Union can't open until they get another $150 billion from the federal government. One news outlet says Donald Trump failed the country in this pandemic. Another news outlet says Donald Trump saved thousands of lives in this pandemic. One major network says Joe Biden is building back better and he's restoring the soul of the country. Another says Joe Biden is destroying this economy. Now somebody's a liar. It can't all be true, right? Many of you were thinking like I did that if the other guy in November, meaning the guy you didn't vote for, if that other guy gets elected, we're, our country's in big trouble. Well, guess what? Our country has been in big trouble for a long time, a long time. But I get it. I've never seen anything like what we're seeing today. It's crazy, absolutely crazy. It's evil. But none of it is a surprise to our God. None of it. The word of the Lord I'm bringing this morning is for somebody here today, and I hope it helps you. It's in the book of Job, chapter 1. It says, a messenger came to Job and said the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby. And the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants. And I am the only one who has escaped in God. This was it. If there was ever a time to... To, to bail and say, that's it, I'm out, no more, I'm through, I don't believe in God anymore, I right? But then you go on reading. At this, Job got up.
tore his robe, shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Well, let's talk about what we've just read together. A time of tragedy, crisis, severe trials, difficulty after difficulty, one after another. And just when you thought it couldn't get worse, it got worse. And every time through the Scripture, for a reason, there's always a reason when God repeats something in Scripture, by the way. Every time it's pointed out that the servant with the horrible news would say, and I alone, I'm the only one who survived. All the others wiped out. But I made it, just me, but I made it. When it looked like nobody could, somebody did. And you know what? Somebody always will. In fact, that's the, that's the title of my message today. Somebody always will. Did you notice that out of every horrendous trial, somebody always made it out to tell the story? What wipes others out, what causes others to give up, what takes others down, there's always somebody who's going to survive, who's going to come through it and tell the story of how, yes, it took all of them out, but I survived. There's always going to be somebody. There's always been this way. There always will be somebody who makes it through. God will get somebody through. Now, the devil has never been able to, and he never will be able to get us all. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you believe that? So you may be going through something this morning, and you may be facing things, and the enemy is all over you telling you nobody can make it through this. Nobody can stand up against this. Nobody can really live the way they ought to live because of this, that, or whatever. Why are you even trying to live a holy life for God anymore? Listen to me. When nobody could, somebody did, and somebody always will. In the book of Genesis, Satan is presented as a hideous serpent. Clear back at the end of the Bible, in the book of the Revelation, he's called a devouring dragon. And that dragon, it says, issues forth a flood when he opens his mouth. And I could argue that probably here in 2021, we're at flood stage, aren't we? I mean, the enemy's flood has come against this nation, and especially against our, our country, America, and all of our families. In fact, all of us have probably had our lives affected in some way because of what we've gone through in the last year. People this past year maybe have suffered more setbacks and had to fight numerous battles, not just one, but one after another, over and over, seemingly at every turn. But somebody has always made it through. Somebody's always made it out. And we are here in this house of worship this morning as a testimony that we still believe, we're still standing, we still know God is on his throne, he is our shield and buckler, and we're going to make it by the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Isaiah 50, by the way, say, everybody say amen. amen. Nobody said amen in the first service. I don't know whether the sermon was so bad or the mass just kept anybody from saying, I don't know which it was, but stick with me. Isaiah chapter 59 talks about the enemy coming in like a flood. At flood stage, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. With smugness, smugness and arrogance and conceit, 
The devil has plotted and planned and schemed all sorts of evil to defeat today's Christians. And he's just sure that this year, 2021, his evil machinations will triumph over us all. But apparently he's forgotten that throughout the ages of the Bible, God has always had somebody who made it through. What you would have thought would have taken everybody out. They made it through. Why? Because of their faith. And the reason I'm preaching to you this morning is since somebody always will, I think it ought to be you, right? If somebody can make it, why not you? Christian, you ought to make up your mind this morning. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to lay down. I refuse to be a statistic because you see with God on my side, I'm going to make it through. I'm going to survive this, whatever this is. Now, hell's theme song to our younger generations, especially in this pandemic, is this. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's compromising. Everybody's partying. Everybody's doing whatever they can to have a good time in this mess. Everybody's living together. Everybody's forgetting those old moral standards. Look, that is not true. There's some people still living right. Somebody's always will live right. There's somebody who's saying no. There's somebody saying, I love God more than anything else, and I want God's will in my life. There's still somebody who wants to live a holy life in 2021. There's somebody who's saying, no, I will abstain and wait until I get married. It's a lie that everybody's doing it. There's still somebody who's not. And the devil wants you to think, hey, just throw in the towel like everybody else. But he's a liar. In fact, the Bible says he is. And man, the devil hates the Bible. The two books he hates the most in the Bible are Genesis. Because Genesis tells us where he started from. See, after that Eden temptation, God put him on his belly. God defeated him. (laughs) See what I did there? Pretty sharp for an old guy, huh? He defeated him, and he had to crawl out of the garden. And I kind of enjoy talking about that with you. He walked in, but he crawled out. And that's the way I, what I want to happen here this morning. He may have walked in, but he's going to crawl out this morning because Jesus is Lord, and every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? And the devil hates the last book of the Bible. And allow me to just kind of beat up on a little bit this morning because I think, I think it pleases God when we beat up on the devil a little bit. He's not going to win. He doesn't own you. He has no eternal claim on your soul. You know why? Because God's not through with you yet. The devil may show up in your life sometimes all big and bad and bold and ugly, but he's going to crawl out of your path because of the blood of Jesus. You are standing in Christ's blood this morning. You are covered by the blood. And in spite of whatever the devil came up with, somebody always did and somebody always will get through by the blood, by the grace, and by the mercy of God. And I still believe that today. I alone have made it, the servant said. I'm the only one. So the devil hates Genesis. Because it tells us where he came from. And he hates Revelation because it tells us where he's going. See, the Bible says that one angel, not a legion, but just one angel. See, all the hell, all the violence, all the murders, all the disasters, all the rapes, all the abortions come from one being called Satan, the fallen angel Lucifer. But the Bible says in Revelation chapter 20, that all it's going to take, when God finally says, that's enough, it's going to take one angel. And he'll have one chain. 
And it says he'll unlock the bottomless pit. So it's going to be one angel with one chain and one key. I wonder if every time the devil hears a believer unlock their, unlock their car or their front door and he hears those keys rattle, I wonder if he has a little panic attack knowing that one day there's an angel coming for him with a chain and a key. <laughs> the Bible says that that angel's going to unlock the pit and throw the devil down into it. And then you know what's going to happen? I love this verse. It says the Almighty God is going to tell the devil to shut up. You ever want to tell him that? There's coming a day when the accuser, the liar, the deceiver, the voice of temptation will be shut up. Every time you hear your keys rattle, be reminded that one day the devil's not going to, the devil's going to have to crawl out, though he walked in, and he's going to be thrown into a bottomless pit and be told by Almighty God to shut up, and God's going to do it with just one angel and one key. Now, in spite of all we're going through today. Do you know there are people who are going through the same stuff you're going through, but they're going to survive it. But some of you, if you don't change your mindset, you're not going to survive it. Some Christians today need to man up again and quit griping and quit making excuses why they can't serve God. Look, God's always going to have somebody praising him. God is going to be praised. And if the enemy takes away everything we have, you're thinking, well, preacher, yeah, that's easy for you to talk. No, I've just reached a point in my life where I know nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. So I am always going to have something to praise him for. God loves me. Even if I lose my house, my car, he loves me. So I'm going to keep on praising him, pandemic or not, virus or not. I will praise Jesus. Anybody with me on that? Say amen. Let me tell you something else that you may not have considered. The devil can't stop the rapture from taking place. Sorry, old Satan, you're not in control. And the rapture is going to take place. God told Noah to go in. He told Lazarus to come out. And he's about to tell the church to come up. And the trump will sound. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise. And those of us who are alive and remain will be gathered together to meet the Lord in the air. And what a day that is going to be when the tribulation will be on its way. And Antichrist will be set to take over. And 666 comes to earth. And just when it's about to break, it looked like nobody could. But somebody will because somebody always has, and we are going to fly up to meet Jesus in the air. And you can laugh at that, and you can make fun all you want and mock me and say, that's just a bunch of old-timey stuff. But the Bible says what I'm telling you is true. And one of these days, we're going to wave goodbye to this world. And it won't be cancer taking us out. It won't be heart disease taking us out. It'll be the call of the Father, bring my children home. Somebody will, and I want to be part of that crowd. But not everybody will. Not even everybody in church will. Because the Bible says there are wheat and there are tares. And they come up together. But when Jesus, when the father looks at Jesus and says, bring my children home, somebody's going to be living right. And somebody's going to be showing the love of Jesus Christ. And somebody's going to have their lamp trimmed and burning bright. And they're going to be ready for the sound of the trumpet. Not everybody but somebody will, and I intend to be somebody. Now, when you think about how hard the devil has worked and how he has schemed and all he's done to try to stop God's plan of salvation, 
how clear back in the garden when Adam and Eve had a son named Cain, and then they had another son named Abel. And the devil thought that he, he thought of that prophecy, Genesis 3.15, that there would be a woman. And through a woman, there would come a redeemer and a messiah who would crush the serpent's head. So the devil began to worry and fret and get all upset, began to take Xanax. And he came up with a plan to mess up the lineage so the blood couldn't produce the messiah. And it gets into the heart of Cain, causing him to slay Abel. And the devil thought, all right, that'll do it. But no, the Bible says Adam and Eve had another son named Seth, and the bloodline kept flowing. So now the devil sets his sights on the whole human race. Genesis chapter 6, verse 2 speaks of the sons of God, which is a biblical reference to those fallen angels of God that got thrown out of heaven along with Lucifer. And the Bible says they had sexual relations with the daughters of men, and they created, Genesis 6, 4, they created this freak race of giants. And then the devil really thought he disrupted God's plan because he had infiltrated all the human race. But God said, no, that's not how it's going to end. Somebody will survive. He said, Noah, build an ark. I'm going to have to wipe out the whole human race, but your family. I may have just one little family, but I will always have somebody. And you'll get into that ark, and you'll float out of this cesspool of evil and wickedness into a new world that's all clean and fresh. The devil knows he's got to stop this thing. And about that time, God decides to raise up a special people from which the Redeemer will come. Prophecy says it'll come from the tribe of Judah. But the problem, God says, my, my special people are down there in bondage and slavery to the Egyptians, and I need a deliverer, somebody who'll go to Egypt and say, let my people go. Now, here's how the devil works. He means to kill all of them this time. Exodus chapter 1, verse 16. He gets a decree enacted that says, kill all the male children who are born to the Israelites. Why? Because that race will ultimately produce a girl named Mary, so I got to kill them off before she's born. So Pharaoh's decree goes into effect, and he kills all the male babies who were born, right? No. He didn't get them all. He missed one. There was one in a little basket that went floating down the river and got into the palace and was raised as Pharaoh's child. And one day he would walk back up to Pharaoh and say, let God's people go. Isn't it amazing how God always has one who will get out? So then the devil probably cussed right then. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he did. But he's got, he's got to devise another plan. So he has a king named Herod many generations later. And the devil can just sense something's coming because the bloodline is still intact. And Herod hears about this star over a manger. And he says, that could be the king who's going to take over my throne. So let's kill all the male babies two years old and younger. And that started a history called the slaughter of the innocents. And the wailing of Jewish mothers filled the skies. And the devil laughed, thinking he'd gotten them all. But he didn't get them all. Because one night earlier, an angel showed up to Joseph and said, I need you to get that little child into safety over in Egypt across the border and keep the baby there until the coast is clear. God is amazing. It's amazing. Now, fast forward with me 30 years. And listen to what Jesus has to say to Herod. Remember, Herod is the one who tried to kill him when he was a baby. So now 30 years later, Herod is wondering if this Jesus he hears about is the proposed Messiah. And look at what Jesus says to him in Luke 13, verse 32. He says, yeah, you go tell Herod. You tried to kill me back then, 
but I'm doing God's work today. I'm going to do it tomorrow, and the third day I'm going to be perfected. Tell that old fox, I love that language, tell that old fox, Herod, I do miracles, I do healings, I do cures, I cast out devils, and if you think that's something, wait until the third day when I come out of the grave. I'm going to bring all kinds of victory and all kinds of deliverance on the earth. You couldn't stop me when I was a little baby, and you sure won't stop me when I rise again. Amen. The devil always thought he could stop God's plan, but every time, one got away, one made it through. Read the story of Job. After every devastating blow, somebody survived to tell the story. And I know we think we're going through a tough time, but God's going to have his survivors. There will never be a time when the devil gets them all. Somebody will come out. Somebody will stand out. Some, somebody will be a young man or a young woman with character and integrity. There will always be somebody who says, I'm willing to be the one, so sign me up to be that somebody. Listen to me. God needs Amplified Church strong and tall. And Amplified Church needs you. You say, well, preacher, that's a good message. But it's so hard these days to live for God and to do for God and to serve God because we've got this virus and the mask and the virus and the distancing and the virus and the restrictions and the virus and the virus. I passed, when I left here and we moved back to Springfield, Illinois, I did an interim pastor for six months at a church. And, uh, and one week I got some pushback because of something I said in a sermon. Not first time it's ever happened to me in my life. <laughs> but I said, as clearly as I could, I said, I know that there are age and underlying health reasons why some folks should stay out of church. I said it again. I know that there are legitimate age and health reasons why some folks are staying out of church. That's the reality of life today. But then I said, but if on Monday I see you at Target or Home Depot, we got a problem. And somebody got offended. Now, if you're going to get offended at that, just understand, I'm gone tomorrow. And Philip didn't know I was going to say this, so don't get mad at him either. But some folks have been camped out in Excuseville all their lives. And now this virus is the best excuse ever to sit down and cut back and lay out of what, God, of what they know they ought to be doing for God. And I know that there really is a virus. My wife and I both got it a couple months ago. It's tough stuff. And I know there have been tragic stories and a lot of sickness and a lot of pain. And, and some of it was virus caused. A lot of it is stupid politician caused. Yes. <laughs> That's the amen I get right there. <laughs> it's all real. I know it's real. 
But I am tired of Christians just hunkering down and drawing in and not serving God and churches cloistering and closing down and living in fear. Look, in 2021, church, we can't let these adverse circumstances out there rob us of everything God has promised us. God-given visions are still real, and God-given dreams are still real, and God's churches have got to stand back up and claim them and go after them because he who is with us is greater than he who is out there or whatever is out there in the world. And you need to be set free from fear in 2021 and free from doubts and inhibitions because they'll defeat you and they'll rob you of God's will and blessings for your life in this year. You need to re-believe Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Enough with excuses for not doing what you ought to be doing. If you want to be more for God, virus or no virus, you can be more for God. If you want to do more for God, virus or no virus, you can do more for God. If you really want to, but you got to get off the negative, critical, bad mouth side of the street and live again on Philippians 4, 8 side of the street. This says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there's anything of virtue, anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Our world is in a mess. It needs a strong church of Jesus Christ to be there for those people. And you need the church. You're all here, so I'm not talking to you. But if you're sitting at home right now in your underwear with a Pop-Tart in one hand and an iPad in the other watching live streaming, you ain't getting nothing. <laughs> well, you might be getting a little bit of something. But that doesn't compensate for losing the power when God's believers assemble together and praise them together and unite their hearts and Jesus is here among us. And staying home, hunkered down, you don't know the price you're paying and the church is paying. All right. Now, if you're offended, call the office this week. <laughs> Pastor Jeremiah will be taking all complaints on Monday. But you know what's worse than being a quitter and not serving God in this pandemic? Being someone who thinks you're the only one serving God. You remember Elijah in 1 Kings 18? Lord, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one still staying true. I'm the last bastion of holiness in this world. Nobody else is, is living clean but me. Remember what God said to him? He said, look, man, get over yourself. What are you talking about? I've got 7,000 people who have never bowed to Baal. Now, maybe you came today because God knew you needed to hear the message that you're not the only one who still believes in holiness. Now, the devil wants to tell young and old alike, everybody's letting down their standards. Everybody's getting weaker. There's no real Bible Christianity left out there in the world. Everybody's living on the broad road. No, they're not. They're not. Somebody's loving the Lord the way they should. I believe that. So get over yourself. You're not the Lord's last only hope. Quit feeling pitiful because of this pandemic. Stand back up as a courageous soldier of the cross, 
Get back in the fight, for God's sake, and determine if anybody's going li to live a clean life for God, if anybody can live a holy life, let it be me. Make up your mind, folks. Somebody always will, and if somebody will, I'm going to be that guy who lives for God. Amen? Well, stand up and praise God. Put your hands together and praise the Lord. <laughs> Father, we are glad to be in your house today. And we're thankful for this praise and worship music that we heard. God, they did a wonderful job, and your people did a great job joining them. I pray that the message today will encourage us to get off that, uh, that feeling of we're, we're so oppressed and things are so hard. We still have a great God who wants to do great things even in this time. We don't know how much more time we have to serve God. We can't waste another day because we're afraid of a virus. God, make this church strong. Fill the hearts of these people with determination to reach out and reach more people for Christ in the time that we have. We pray together in Jesus' holy name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.